Well, let's take a look at some new numbers released. They shine shine a light on retail sales numbers looking back at the summer when it comes to cannabis sales in B.C. And while they might be leveling off now, in the four years since legalization, we have seen a steady increase in those sales. So we wanted to talk to somebody who is on the front lines of those. And joining us now is Mike Bavins, the owner of Evergreen Cannabis, which is on West 4th in Kitsilano. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jill. How you doing? Very well. How about you? All right. <laughs> I, still, I think uh, I remember I was working at Global when uh, legalization came in, which I can't believe it was four years ago already. It was your store, I think, that we all kind of uh, came to, and you, you were nice enough to let us inside and get pictures of everything that was all new. Uh, four years later, we're looking at these stats, can numbers. Uh, your thoughts on the fact that we've seen this big increase in demand? It, it's not really surprising. Uh, we kind of thought it would go this way. No one thought it would change overnight. But slowly but surely, the cannabis is getting better. Uh, we're able to get more local product now, and people are more open to it. Interesting. And when you say it's getting better, because that was one of the concerns at the time, was people that were already uh, engaging in this and were already uh, enjoying this knew what they liked. They got it uh, from uh, specific places. Have you been able to kind of uh, fulfill that and make it like like you're saying, that the supply is good enough that people are have uh, made the switch or trust it? Boy, let me tell you, I mean, it, it, there's been so much since those first days when we had to smile through what we had, and, and especially since we were the first store we had all the dry stuff that had been sitting there in storage for months. Things have changed a lot. Uh, now, I know it's different in each stores, and, and Evergreen is a bit of an anomaly compared to the other stores. Um, there is still, you know, quote-unquote, big cannabis out there, but, but a store like ours, which is a mom-and-pop shop, we don't carry any of that, uh, especially with direct delivery now. We're working directly with the small growers and labeled as micros. Uh, in a funny way, many of the growers that used to supply supply uh, evergreen before legalization are now back on our shelves so we're seeing the same weed we used to buy which which is just a great thing and you know it's harder for us to get the word out about it because of the advertising restrictions but people are slowly realizing that this is where it is and, and the people they've been supporting this whole time took the plunge got the license put up the money, went through the work, and, and now it's time to support them. Uh, interesting that it kind of took that that route or that shift, to, because like you said, there are so many uh, different, uh, as far as like kind of the bigger government uh, groups or the, the bigger operations. Yeah, well, you know, that's expected. It's kind of like, like I hate relating uh, cannabis to alcohol, but, you know, there's Molson and Labatt, and then there's also the small craft, craft brewers. Same thing has happened within the industry. It just took a while. You know, no one thought it would be overnight. No one thought that on day one everyone would be there. But we're slowly getting it all to market. Uh, this, uh, the Stats Canada numbers, too, talk about this increase in demand when we look at it year over year. Uh, I know there was talk or there were issues as well about supply, uh, partly because of the BCGEU strike and issues with supply chain. Was that an issue this summer or has that been an issue? For us, it wasn't. Now, we're in, again, we're in an office compared to the other stores. A lot of the stores are newer. They're opened on, on credit or other people's investments. We have no debt to anyone, so we always have a large supply of product. Now, what other stores were running out during the strike, Evergreen didn't, so we saw a lot of new faces at that point. You know, a lot also you know, did turn to the black market thinking all the stores were closed, but some people came over and realized, hey, uh, you know, they actually have different weed. They have the stuff I want to buy. 
So, like everything else, it's kind of a seesaw. It's up and down. There's good things, there's bad things. Some people see the word, some people don't, but slowly but surely we chip away. And you mentioned, too, with more people kind of being accepting or being okay with it, which, which wasn't always the case, certainly as this came in and this, as this became legal. Have you seen a pretty big shift there? Slowly but surely, once again, it's, it's taking a lot of work. People are more confident to walk into the stores. People are more confident to use it, but there's still a lot of stigma, which is understandable because we're going against 100 years of propaganda. When I start seeing you know, people coming into the store and saying, you know what, I'm buying my friend a high-end 3.5 of cannabis rather than a bottle of scotch this year for Christmas, that's when we're seeing changes. Um, you know, when we see a parent who talks to their kids about cannabis instead of hiding it from them, that's a big change. You know, because the same people who say, I don't want my kids to know, have no problem drinking a glass of wine at the dinner table. So it's slowly but surely just chip away, chip away, chip away. And, and that's, that's what our job is here to do, not just to sell the weed, but to help people make the change. And by us not being shy about it, we're hoping it kind of rubs off. And when we talk about the demand as well and how things are changing, is it more traditional uh, types of cannabis and forms of cannabis that people are going for? Or are you also seeing a shift there as far as edibles or what people are looking for? Uh, edibles were always party, pretty traditional. Uh, you know, it's just now you could actually buy one and know what you're getting so you don't end up ruining your entire night. We're mainly seeing the big sellers are still flour, pre-rolled joints, and edibles. The oils still do well. The topicals, ironically, the topicals did better uh, before legalization than they do now, and I can't seem to understand why that's happening. But in general, people want to smoke a joint, put something in their vaporizer, or eat a gummy. <laughs> and sorry, so when you say the topicals did better before, is that more uh, for, say, pain management and that, but not for, not kind of more the THC? Exactly. Well, a lot of people are confused with the topicals. When you put it on, when you rub it onto your body, you need THC, and it actually works better than CBD. It's not going to get you high when you're rubbing it in there. So there's a little bit of confusion about that. But yeah, I'm talking about, you know, the bath bombs or, or the the, bo- the rubbing lotions or, or the uh, creams and oils. They're all just applied topically, and people mainly use them for pain relief. I, I, and sorry, and I know you said you, you can't really figure out why, but that does seem strange that the demand for that would actually go down makes no sense to me. Either that or the people who said they were using it for pain just wanted to get high in the first place. <laughs> All right. And then they've switched because why not? <laughs> right. What? Um, Mike, I wanted to talk to you as well because I know at your establishment, you also have raised a ton of money for charity for the downtown east side. Tell, tell me a little bit about that and how that works. Oh, thank, thanks so much for bringing this up. We're really proud of this. Before legalization, uh, when we were a medical society, we used to actually go, pardon me, we used to go down to the downtown east side and actually give out cannabis or give to the uh, PHS, which was doing the cannabis substitution project. Now what we do, since we aren't allowed to do that, is we have uh, high-quality accessories. Uh, we found that most of the giveaways in the cannabis industry were, were cheap plastic or T-shirts that ended up in the landfill. So what we did is we made high-quality environmental environmentally friendly products such as bamboo rolling trays or grinders or bongs and then what we do is we say name your price give us whatever you want for them and then we give that directly to phs which is doing great work in the downtown east side 
And as of today, we just crossed, we've raised over $55,000 for the downtown east side. And we're really proud of that. Wow, that's a, that's a good t- chunk of change, definitely. And are you continuing doing that? That's never going to stop. Uh, we average about two to $3,000 a month. And it's not, it's you. It's customers coming in and donating who are choosing to give more and more and more. I was shocked uh, last month when interest rates were up and people were complaining so much uh, about how they had no money. We raised more for them than we ever had before. So that's really Vancouverites showing what they've got. All right. Well, very interesting. And that's great to hear uh, that that is happening. Do do you anticipate any changes as far as moving forward or now that we're kind of at this mark, we're four years in, is this what the industry is going to look like? We're still seeing a lot more changes. Uh, Things have just come in, such as being the direct delivery, working with the small growers, Uh, actual delivery from our stores. We now offer province-wide delivery, which is brand new for us. We just offered that a few weeks ago. We're also going to see a lot of the stores and a lot of the bigger LPs close down. Uh, People who don't understand cannabis and don't care about cannabis, who just got in because they thought it'd be quick, easy money, are realizing it's not. It's a product you need to know, and it's a business like any other. I I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of the chains and the stores that were obviously just just trying to make a quick buck, we're going to see them disappear within the next year or so. And and just because we're at the four-year mark, and and so, like you said, people who were just in it to make a a buck are going to slowly kind of peter out? Well, you know, think about it. If your store is based on on loans and uh, the interest rates have just gone up, it's going to be harder to make make ends meet, and you've got to pay back those loans. So there's one where you say this isn't working anymore. All right. Well, very interesting uh, to check in with you and see how things are going. Uh, Mike, we will leave it there for today, but thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, and support local. (laughs) All right. That is Mike Bavins. He is the owner of Evergreen Cannabis on West 4th Avenue. That's in Kitsilano. And taking a look at the August retail sales numbers with sales of cannabis products in B.C., uh, pretty high looking back at the August numbers.